0: Well ladies and gents we finally got our wrestling news started. How are you guys doing? My name is Tiffany E of Down for the Count and on behalf of Alexis Nicole and Janae welcome back to the show so we finally have the wrestling news up you guys take a listen listen to all the news we have some news about Chris Jericho the injury report from NXT and we're just going to give you our take on it once again two of our girls were out this week but they will be back this coming week when we record for this week's um you know episodes of wrestling so much going on in one week jesus well you guys enjoy this episode of, of wrestling news and i'll see you guys in there we talk about the injuries that nxt has suffered so nxt has quite a few injuries on the books from tegan knox's injury to um dakota kai's recent injury on last week's episode of nxt um Balor and Kyle O'Reilly both are injured from their match at NXT TakeOver 31, and Ridge Holland had a freak accident where he is now injured and going to be out for quite some time. So the reason why this really is a problem is because Ridge Holland was, the at the end of NXT TakeOver, he threw Adam Cole, a beat-up Adam Cole, out there at the ringside with Kyle O'Reilly, Roderick Strong and Bobby Fish who came out of nowhere. Which my question still is, where the fuck was y'all at? Because y'all <laughs> supposed to be y'all supposed to be his man's and y'all y'all want to know where to be found and y'all trying to figure out why somebody did this bitch. You should have been there. But that ain't messing here nor there. Let me move on.
1: Catering to get some flour and eggs. Oh
0: girl please. <laughs>
1: Maybe that's what Not happened. Not flour and eggs. He was like, I'll be right back. I'm going to get a bowl of flour and two eggs. Y'all want anything? No, Y'all good? Okay. And then he left, and then he never came back. And then they went to go look for him, and they couldn't find him. And then they saw that they were standing backstage and catering like, man, like, we're out of flour and eggs. Who ate all the flour and eggs? And they looked Jeez, on the hot mess. and saw Ridge Holland holding up, you know, what's-his-face, Adam Cole, but Catering's, like, way in the back of the PC, so they had to run from the back, and so by the time they got there, Rich Holland had left.
0: Girl, if you don't cut it. (laughs) (laughs) So, from what I gathered, somebody hired Rich Holland to take out Adam Cole, and nobody knows who it is. But that's that story. Now, Valor and O'Reilly had a very stiff match. And really, it was not as stiff as it could have been. The issue was O'Reilly did a knee towards Valor, and Valor leaned down and took the full force of the knee. So because of that, he fractured his jaw. Now, when he did that coup de gras, it seems to me like it jarred it a little bit which might have caused him to bite his tongue, which made him bleed even more. So that's really what made him, you know, have his injury. O'Reilly got hit in the mouth a couple of times. He took a knee to the mouth too. O'Reilly lost some teeth. Like, I believe he broke some teeth. Yes. But he seems to be okay. Um, Dakota Kai has some back pain in, um, with her after she went into a match with Ember Moon and Rhea Ripley this past Wednesday, so Dakota's going to be gone for a while. Tegan tore her ACL and had surgery, which I believe is why she was off TV for a while. Um, Earlier, when I was talking to Janae, she explained to me about Tegan, which I'll let her chime in in a minute, but She's injured as well. It's outside of kayfabe, so it has nothing to do with Candice LeRae's attack on her. She was already starting to heal from that injury when they staged this attack. Okay. And then you have Ridge Holland's injury, like I said before. When you watch it, it's very similar to what happens with football players who are injured like that. Like they snap their their leg in half or their ankles give underneath the weight of the the pressure between you and another offensive or defensive lineman. If you don't believe me, look up football injuries on Google. You'll see what I mean. His ankle couldn't support only Logan's weight and his own. And the way he was standing and the way they have to fall to take the hit, his his ankle snapped before he could take the fall. So he's on the ground trying to protect his ankle. And Orny didn't know. He just gets up and just starts hitting him. You know, he he didn't know the man's ankle broke. He don't know shit. So the refs corralled around him to stop him from hitting him. And they see, I saw the ref throw up the X like, hey, He's really injured. Calm down. So Arnie got up and continued to act as if, you know, he did it. And I don't know if they cut the commercial or not because I didn't get to see all that. But that's how Ridge Holland got injured, which makes me sad because Ridge Holland had, he, he he's a great wrestler. And then you look at him, he's another one. Pound for pound, he is pure power. So him beating up Adam Cole and somebody hiring him to do it, I was like, that's some interesting shit. I was thinking like, hmm, who, who operates like that? Who who would do something like that? But other than that, I believe I covered all the injuries. Yes. I think I did. So that's everybody that got injured. Now, Janae knows more about Tegan's injury than I do because I didn't have time to look it up because it was my mom's birthday this weekend. So I was, I was trying to get that stuff done. So I didn't have time to look up her injury. I thought Tegan got injured recently and they were giving her an out with Candace's situation so that she can heal. But that that's, doesn't seem to be the case. So, Janae, I'm going to need you to explain it because I. I was genuinely shocked by what I heard earlier
1: <laughs> okay, so everyone who watched n x t that saw Candice LeRae Ram tegan Knox's knee old oh, ram that thing into Tegan Knox's knee she didn't sustain her injury at that point um what ha- what actually happened was she popped her a c l while she was in rehab from what I saw she had already had she's already had surgery um So that was just a way to kind of get her off of TV with some sort of an explanation. She recently did an interview when the Friday night SmackDown draft was happening. She did say that her uh, recovery, her trainer said that she was well uh, above recovery time. So she's doing really great. Um, She's still going to be out obviously for a while. This is her third ACL injury. At this point, you start to become a little concerned about the strength of her of her tendons in her knee. Are they able to hold up and withstand the amount of wrestling and amount of damage she does to her body? Obviously, I'm not a doctor. I have torn my meniscus in my knee. Um, I did not go for surgery and now I have to do physical therapy on my knee because my knee is basically turned at a really weird angle where it rubs bone to bone and if i don't get that figured out i'm going to need knee replacements very soon and i don't do nowhere near the amount of damage to my body as tegan Knock does i do do outdoor work so i am hiking chainsawing the whole night but i'm not like body slamming myself on top of rocks and like throwing myself off of cliffs and right so that does take into consideration what is going to be what is going to happen when Tegan Knox when she does return, what position will she play in NXT? Because you're going to you're going to have to be a little bit careful now um, with Ridge Holland. Oh, baby. He fractured his ankle. Dislocated his ankle. Uh, He dislocated his patella. And he um, popped his patella tendon all on the same leg. Oh, wow. So he is definitely, he's already had surgery. So they ended up popping his um, knee back into place at the ringside. That's why you saw he had that—he had a cast on, that wrapped cast around his leg. Mm-hmm. They popped his knee back into place um, ringside. And then they popped his ankle back into place um, at the hospital. He's already had surgery. Um, so I'm wishing him a health recovery um Dakota Kai her back injury if anyone was watching the match between NXT that was a stiff ass match Ember Moon was laying them in but there was a moment where um Dakota Kai Ember Moon were supposed to do a pop-up powerbomb and when Dakota Kai popped up girl got some height so when she came back down it kind of threw Ember Moon off a little bit, and I, I'm not gonna put this on Ember Moon. I would have done the same thing she did. As you can, if you look, Ember Moon was basically falling off track, and the where where she was at, that could have been really bad for Dakota Kai because she probably would have ran face first or like neck first into something. So Ember Moon just gave her the power bomb, like power bombed her as they were going off to the side. Um, I would have, I would have done that too. To me, that sounds a little bit more easier than just like, all right, we're going to fall and see where this goes. At least I know if I'm power bombing her, she can get her arms spread out, take the brunt of the force on her shoulder and her back. Um, But all in all, it still was a very stiff match. So she's having some back issues, um, some back pain. So she's not medically clear to wrestle. Um, uh, Finn Balor fractured his jaw in two places and has oral lacerations. Mm-hmm. So he's going to be on a liquid diet for a bit. He's going to drop some weight. So he's going to be out for running. Um, Kyle O'Reilly has broken teeth and a swollen liver. A swollen liver? He has a swollen liver. And it looks like it stemmed from that kick that he took. Or he took the kick and he was like, oh shit, wait a minute. And he's like, give me some time. That so
0: when he stuck his head out
1: and told him to just back yeah. up. Yeah. So I thought I thought that was part of the match, but now that they're saying he has a swollen liver, maybe that wasn't as so much as part of the match as I thought it was. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yes, broken teeth, swollen liver, so he is also not clear to wrestle. Um. So yeah, NXT just has the worst luck when it comes to injury. They really do.
0: But I think even in that, in that, in that regard, what happens is they're forced to use what they have because even Triple H referred to NXT TakeOver 31 as making chicken salad because had you don't chicken have si- your main guys like you, you, don't. you don't have your main guys so you had to make it work and NXT TakeOver 31 was great
1: it was so good it, it really was, was
0: great and I'm like even with The guys who are at the... And I'm not saying it to be mean, but let's just keep it real. These are your mid-card guys. They brought everything. That Master Phantasma and um, Isaiah Swerve was good. I just wish Swerve
1: would have won. I did too.
0: I really, really wanted them to give it to Swerve. And then maybe they could have had them compete again for it. And Phantasma somehow steals it back. But because that would have worked for me. But I wanted Swerve to win. Like, I, it felt like that should have been the night. Yeah. But I, I can only go by what the powers that be say It's great. <laughs> so I was mad about that. But other than that, TakeOver 31 was great. And then Kushida just went full on. I mean, he went full on Japanese assassin on goddamn Bell Team Dream's arm. And I was just like...
1: Well, <laughs> I love his new Kusheeda, the pedophile assassin. I'm all for it.
0: <laughs> he took out both arm with precision. Okay, he was not playing. Okay, I was fine with that. I'm like, okay, Kusheeda. He said, fuck this whole, I'm fighting for my family. I just want to whoop your ass. <laughs> yep. I was like, I can feel that. Because <laughs> that's what we all want to do. So that's bad, you know. And I was like, okay, cool. So we get that. That's awesome. And then you had the good match between Candice and E. O. until they started cheating. But overall, TakeOver 31 was great. And I'm just like, for you to be making chicken salad out of that, that's some good-ass chicken salad. Like, bitch, I don't know if you put enough seasoning in there and stuff, but it was some good chicken salad for you (laughs) I'm just saying. And now you I just going to have to make extra chicken salad this week. For the next couple of months, you're going to have to just make some more. And I'm like, you got pieces. Now you have Ember. You have Rhea Ripley there still. Your women's division is fine. The, now you got an opportunity to make Raquel a viable superstar without Dakota. Because Dakota was bringing Raquel down. I'm just going to tell you the truth. Shame the devil. I don't care what nobody say. <laughs> raquel you, is a better superstar. you potentially
1: have mercedes martinez now mm-hmm. again
0: and you can bring her back you got mercedes to bring back okay you still got Shotzi there you have Katie and kaden there you have india hartwell and these other smaller um nxt superstars that you need to be building up so in my eyes in my regard here's what i suggest you do You got Robert Stone brand with Aaliyah. Don't put Mercedes back with them. Let Mercedes be on her own. Make Robert Stone be your building block for your women's division. If India Hartwell is there and you want India to be a superstar of some kind, then the first thing you need to do is to start her out on a program with Aaliyah and let them fight it out. And have their program stretch out over the whole, for the next couple of weeks. Or the Garganos are there. Y'all ain't doing nothing with them. Y'all nobody want to see Alfalfa and Darla with no titles. Okay? So let Gargano and Candice LeRae, let them help build up somebody else as a superstar. If the Gargano way don't work for them, I'm sure (laughs) it'll work for somebody else.
1: I mean, that's what they're doing right now. So on NXT, I'll just make this really quick. On NXT, there was a part where they were walking their dog. They got back to their apartment, and there was a TV there that was sent to them by Indy Hartwell. Um Johnny was just like who cares about that was like talking shit but she left the USB stick in the TV that showed during the women's Royal Rumble on NXT to figure out who was the contender for um Io Shirai's title Indy Hartwell saved Candice LeRae from getting thrown over on many occasions mm. So it looks like they're using the Garganos to help push Indy Hartwell
0: Yeah okay. yeah if that's if that's what, what you wanna do, I'm fine with that. Do your thug fizzle, Because okay? you 'Cause y'all gotta do something, and y'all gonna have to y'all gonna have to make it work. But I'm gonna need for Johnny Gargano and Candace LeRae to come with something else, because if you gonna call India a loser, then you a loser about seven times over.
1: Oh, he, oh, he changed his tune after he saw. The video and found out that she sent the TV. He was like, I love Indy Hartwell. She's great.
0: Oh, that's just that's sounds real Donald Trumpy. That's real, <laughs> you know, that's real politician. I don't like it, but whatever, you know, it's a good, it's a good segue to India to pushing her. But like I say, you got Robert there. I like Robert Stone. He's funny and and he looks nice. I just like Robert. I'm like, you can use him. Like, you're already using him to keep Aaliyah's ass there. She done been there her entire, her entire life. Her, from her preteens up until her adult years, she done been an NFC.
1: Girl. She been there it for a while. Life. She the new Dawkins.
0: Girl. Girl, at least the Dawkins got out. They said get out, Dawkins got out. Lashed on to my tens and said, okay, let's roll. Let's go. <laughs>
1: you <laughs> getting out together.
0: I mean, damn! Like, how long can you? I guess Aaliyah, you know, you ain't got to worry about getting lost on the main roster. You ain't got to worry about nobody beating you or using you to get beat. You know, you ain't got no Diana Perrazzo treatment yet. So I guess you kind of smart for staying in NXT, cause Po Diana. But Diana, um, TNA tearing shit up now, from what I mm-hmm. saw. But good for her. Anywho'sies. So, what else do we need to talk about? Can you talk about Chris Jericho and um, his recklessness with his tweets? So, before that, one thing I did know about AEW is, see, I um, I watch a lot of anime with my husband, just preface why I'm calling him this. So, there's two versions of Goku on, um, on Dragon Ball Z. You got Goku Black, and then you got Goku. That's Cody Black, cause Cody don't went full on black, hair black, clothes black. You know he don't really wear no other color. So Cody Black got the TNT title back from um, what's his name? Brody Lee? Is that his name? I don't. Know. It's Luke Harper. He got it back from Luke Harper, and um, so he champion again. And the whole, I guess the universe has reset itself in AEW United. Cody's champion again. That's all I know about T N. I'm about AEW. I don't really know anything else about AEW because I didn't get a chance to watch it. But I did hear that I, they make sure that was everywhere. So good for good for Cody Black. Cody Black got his title back. Good for him. But really? <laughs> Chris Jericho been <laughs> Chris Jericho been tweeting a lot lately, which I, I don't know. It's it's outside the norm of him tweeting. So I saw a tweet of his a while ago well actually Janae sent it to our group chat I seen a tweet where he was basically mad that a fan was talking to him about hold on let me see if I can find the tweet because I want to make sure I quote it right And <laughs> I don't want no misappropriations
1: going on nothing through her hold on a second So a fan
0: on Twitter said, performing at the COVID super spreader, Sturgis 2020, and still being a Maaga supporter are among his most recent accolades. Now, I'm not sure as to why they said this. It sounded like they were correcting something that was being run down about Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho's response was, (laughs) excuse the language. Hi, fuck off. Not in the mood today, dipshit. And the reality of the situation is, uh, oh, it was Bleacher Report and I Am Jericho. I guess Bleacher Report said something about Chris Jericho on Twitter. I can't give you the full context because I couldn't find what exactly he said. I was looking for it. I can't see what Bleacher Report said about Jericho, but he was not in the mood, apparently. (laughs) It was recently, like, after Donald Trump was announced that he had COVID-19. And I was just sitting here like, well, you did, you know, do a concert where thousands of people contracted COVID because they were not wearing masks, and they were in a spot where over 200 plus thousand people were congregating together, and you guys just all, most of them, people, at least a quarter of those people have COVID, and I'm sure some of them are asymptomatic and have been spreading it ever since they left this particular concert. You and your bandmates were not wearing masks either. So you were very susceptible to getting COVID and could have possibly contracted it and been asymptomatic and spread it out to other people. The irresponsibility is the irresponsibility for me. And it makes me feel like for you to be as old as you are, um <laughs> for you, I'm gonna say it anyway, excuse me, Lord. Um, For you to be as old as you are, And being in this business for this long, I expect better, especially in this day and age. For people to not believe in the pandemic or to trust that, you know, they won't get the virus because they're not taking preventative measures, you are a fool to think that. That's just like saying because you don't get the flu vaccine um, and because you haven't had the flu that you will never get it. You probably have had it many times over and just thought it was a common cold, but it was the flu. You cannot go through life and be this damn dumb. And it's irresponsible. It's just irresponsible. Don't get mad at a fan for calling you on your shit. And because you're not in the mood, oh, I'm not in the mood today. I'm not in the mood for your drama today. Well, bitch. The tweets that you sent out after this, I'm sure none of us was in the mood to hear this bullshit either, especially the shit you posted under Randy Orton's post in regards to his relationship with Eddie Guerrero on Eddie Guerrero's birthday. It's the disrespect for me. It's the sense of entitlement for me. It's the, oh, let's give Jericho a pass because Jericho's in character for me. At some point, and Janae said it, so i got to give Janae credit. At some point, you have to start being a human being and not a character. Because when the tables are turned, going back to this first tweet, you want to be treated like a human being. But when it's not about you, then you were like, well, I was in character, so it doesn't matter. Well, since it don't matter, then I don't give a fuck about you not being in the, in the right mind, or or care about you not wanting to participate. Cause quite frankly, the dude tweeted the shit, but he asked for your opinion. He said what he said, and he meant what he said. So who gives a fuck if you in the mood, bitch?
1: Ooh, this tea is exceptionally delicious. I'm just
0: saying, who cares if you in the mood? Nobody care about you being in the mood. The reality is, you fucked up. And you're continuing to fuck up. And now you're doing shit like posting other people's posts and talking about all the shit that has nothing to do with you. Like, you not dead. I hope you ain't. I mean, I don't know who tweeting under there, who's showing up to to AEW. I'm just saying, you're, you're not dead. Eddie Guerrero been dead for years. And he was saying something about somebody that meant something to him. And for you to go underneath his post and comment on some shit that he said. And then you said some child boom. Hold on. Uh, like I said I don't want no misappropriation going on up and through here. Okay. I didn't see what Randy posted fully. But Randy was given a heartfelt um conversations about talking about Eddie Guerrero. Your response was, we all gave a fuck about you, man, but you didn't make it easy. I'm sure Randy Orton wasn't exactly the greatest person to deal with, and he himself has admitted that. So, I can be reasonable in understanding what you're talking about, but you tried to make it seem like the conversation shouldn't be structured towards Eddie. It need to be need to be having this conversation with all of us. Well, I'm still a and I'm here, and you haven't made a heartfelt apology to me. You haven't made a heartfelt com you know statement about me, bitch, because you're
1: living. Because mm-hmm. he can come talk to you. The fuck.
0: I'm going to tell you something i will be telling people all the time. Bitch, mind the business that pay you. If you was not going to post under his post, like, yeah, man, this is real talk. This is nice. This is heartfelt. We miss you, Eddie. You know what I'm saying? If you want to say no shit like that, then bitch, mind the business that pay you. Because everything is not about you. It's just not. And the world don't revolve around you and them damn legs that's about to snap like two twigs. (laughs) Them legs is bowed out. And when I say bowed, I mean bowed with a long O, okay? You look like two parentheses standing out there. You need to go get the surgery to correct it, okay? It's not work. They go in there, they cut a little wedge out. They give you the rehab so your bones fuse back together. Simple surgery. I had it. It's called Blount's disease. Okay, I know what <laughs> I had to start you Twice, okay Bruh You can barely Stand up, I mean It is hard to watch you But your work is earned about Randy Orton saying whether he I, I don't understand And I'm not really mad About what you said, but it just Seems like this was disingenuous And it was an unnecessary Comment
1: it really was
0: it just was unnecessary it was not even needed and it, it, it made it look like you were disregarding what he was saying to somebody who meant something to him to then interject everybody else who was there who was trying to help Randy Orton but Randy wasn't trying to hear y'all but here you are it's like saying oh we all was here trying to help you but you trying to give Eddie all this damn credit when I was there, too. It's like, me too. See, me too. No, bitch, you're in somewhere else. Like, go talk to fucking J.K. Gar, who can barely spell, let alone say your name fully without s- everywhere. Okay? Go talk to him. Go talk to the young busters there. Sammy Guevara probably look up to you like you the king of the world. That's what they're there for. Isn't that what you're supposed to be in AEW for? Why are you so what Randall's doing over here on his post? I don't see Randall talking about Chris Jericho on his page. I'm just I just feel like you feel like you left out. But you're left out by your own choices, darling. And you're going to continue to be left out at this rate with you continuing to attack WWE on Twitter using them in promos between you and Miro, I don't know who is worse, but I'm going to lean more <laughs> towards you, okay? Because right now, I, I, I y'all get me wrong, I get Miro's plight. Miro was done dirty in WWE. Real talk, okay? But the reality of the situation is when you leave it's like being in a relationship with somebody, right? Uh-huh. And you with them and it's toxic. and You're like, oh my God, I'm finally free. When you continue to live and relive in that moment of being with this person, you can never truly forgive and move on because you're constantly living in that nastiness. You're living in that filth. So if WWE was that horrible to you, then your first instinct should be to get rid of them out of your system and live your best life over here proving every time you go out there and wrestle as to what they've lost. A good example of that is Diana Perrazzo. Yep. Okay. Diana Perrazzo made her peace with what happened in WWE. She came out and she said, I don't have an issue with the company, but I felt like you using me to put other people over, I never had a winning record. Me having a bad record like that, it didn't give me a good solid ground to start running on. So how was I ever going to recover from that? Now, I disagree with her, and I still do. Because I feel like you can be a chicken shit, have a chicken shit record in WWE and come out and have a decent program, have a decent fight with somebody, and still be one of the best stars in the world. It's it's all in how you book and how you're structured in terms of a character and how you sell the story. It's very clear that Diana Purrazzo was slept on and that's WWE's fault. And I'm sure they're kicking themselves in the ass because they let
1: her go and that They ain't they stupid. Could okay. you imagine Deonna Purrazzo versus Io Shirai match? Mm-hmm. I don't even want to think about it because it ain't right. <laughs> how much that match would have snapped. Or oh, well, Deanna versus Asuka. You could have had Deanna Parrazzo, If
0: you're going to build it up, you could have had Deanna Parraza on, on Raw. You could, have had,
1: you could have done a lot he, with Deanna. He faced Asuka before, and the thing that pissed me off was this was around the time that supposedly Diana Parraza and Chelsea Green got called up because that was the same time Chelsea Green faced Charlotte Flair. Yeah, they did. Face- Face Asuka and the showing that they let her go against Oscar, even though she lost within like I think it was like five minutes. They actually gave her some time. She looked really great. So I'm thinking, Oh shit, like this is gonna be dope. And then this yeah. was her on NXT, and she's just losing and she's losing against this she's losing against people where you're just like, Now why was that a wise decision? Like, how is that even wise? Like, they, they, that was a huge mess up. Like, I, there are plenty of people that I can name that they could have let go and kept Deanna Peraza and then put her, because there are some people where they feel like they need to be in a certain position, like Tayana Te, what, a Conti, where she thought that she was that good to where she was upset that she wasn't on TV. And it's like, honey, Girl, you're not. You
0: didn't need to be. I'm telling you right now. i seen you wrestling.
1: Yeah. And you had more TV time than Deanna did. Deanna has legitimate gripe to where when she says that she needed to be on TV and to be pushed, that is a hundred percent true. And if it so,
0: wasn't proven then it's damn sure proven now. Yep. So all I'm saying is if you're going to be if you and I, and then Nicole always says they have a right to speak their truth, and she is one hundred percent correct. I felt like after his initial leaving of WWE, and he spoke out about what happened to him, he would continue to do that on his YouTube channel, which is his channel. He can do whatever he wants, so that I don't have an issue with. What I'm having a difficult time understanding is now that you're in AEW, you're, you're being booked like you want to be booked. You're being used like you want to be used, so you say. And now you're still, well, this is the other company. I'm different than I was then. And yada, yada, yada. Never mind the fact that your wife, your wife has a five-year deal with WWE. She still works for them. Mm-hmm.
1: Getting put through tables, might
0: you? I mean, she she still works for them. She still, she still works there. Never mind that, you know. And then you want to talk about the erectile dysfunction? It was like, bitch. At this point, I would have welcomed that because you was on TV and your wife was getting dicked down by another dude. What? <laughs> uh, what? I mean, at least it would have been like, oh, okay, well, you know, maybe we need to get some of them little blue pills. I don't know. You know, it would have made it more sense.
1: Yes, the WWE has done you criminally wrong. So you go to a new company. And you and, and here's the thing. They cut the same generic promo mm-hmm. that they all cut when it comes to WWE. And basically, you leaving your ex-girlfriend, going to your current boo, and then complaining to your current boo and their friends about how bad your ex was. But yet, you don't, you don't do it just one time. Anytime you can get a dig in on your ex to your current and their friends, you continuously do it. Exactly. And it's just one of those things where it's like, at some point, you need to get over it. I get it. They did WWE did you wrong. They didn't utilize you as you should have been utilized, or they didn't utilize you as you thought you needed to be utilized. But it comes to a point in time where you need to just let things go and let things be. The problem with AEW fans is because they're on the WWE bad, AEW good, they welcome any WWE trash talk that AEW puts out there because they're fans of AEW. Me, I'm looking at a general basis to where I like both. I don't want to have to watch AEW and have to hear you guys complain about a company that you're no longer in. Worry about your own company. Worry about the things that you need to fix. Worry about the things that you need to do to get better. You've already proven that you're a company that's going to be around for a while. Your viewership proves that the amount of people you bring into your locker room, the amount of people you sign, the ex-WWE wrestlers that come over from WWE over to you that sign contracts, you're going to be here for a while. So why are you still taking jabs at a company that's not even taking jabs at you? They don't say not a nan thing about you. The last time they said anything about AEW, I believe, was when Sami Zayn cut a promo about AEW when he was taking questions from a crowd and he brought up AEW. And this was before they even started. That was the last time, to my knowledge, that I heard them talk about and say AEW's name on TV. AEW makes digs at WWE almost every dynamite. Yep. Almost, If it's not them saying something about WWE It's alluding to it It's like for instance on AEW The Young Bucks were watching a match On TV and one of them Was turned sideways looking at the TV The other one had their backs fully Against have their backs facing the TV And then was like breaking their neck To look at the TV Basically insinuating how WWE Mixed their stars stand to look at TV It's it's constant. Or they talk about something about creative. They, or they say something about Vince McMahon. Or they'll or they'll just say they'll say anything. And it's not like, oh, you don't know they're talking about WWE. It's like no, they make it a point to where even if they don't say their name, they make it a point to know that you are talk. They are talking about and digging at WWE. Who the hell else would they be
0: talking about? Exactly. It's not like and don't get me wrong. I like MLW, I like NWA Power, I like GCW, but they do not compete with AEW or WWE on that level of grandiosity that we see. So who the hell else would they be talking about? And Chris Jericho, let's get back to him. Jericho is always tweeting about demographics and shit. Mm. First of all, when I watch Dynamite and AE and and NXT back-to-back, my assumption of NXT and 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 AEW Dynamite is that one AEW is is still living on that line of indie and professional wrestling. Yes. NXT is not like that. NXT is very much professionalized. So I don't compare them because they cannot be compared. They're on two separate linear wavelengths. They don't touch each other. They are running parallel to each other and yes you can put them on the same vein because both of them came on to their respective shows at the same time on the same day so and they run at the same time every day but I'm just saying realistically when you're looking at the products they're not the same so you can't just say, well, NXT is better. Sometimes AEW has a better quality of show, and sometimes NXT has a better show. It really depends on the day. If this week, you know, NXT's running some storylines that are getting ready to be on their last legs, or they're kind of in the middle and they're they're dying a little bit, you know, then people will watch AEW. Like, is a little bit more exciting. From what I've seen, the storylines and the way AEW is structured – the best thing they have going right now is Ricky Starks, MJF, and um, Britt Baker when she's shown. Mm-hmm. Um, because NWA Power is in limbo, Thunder Rosa was like, okay, I want to wrestle somewhere. We can wrestle on TV. So she went and wrestled and had a decent showing of a match. Well, it just seems like AEW's women's division is non-existent. I mean, the best thing they have going is Big Swole, Big Brit Breaker. Their women's champion is fine. I just haven't seen much of her. Um, and the thing is, when you're talking about how great your show is and then comparing the demographics, I don't think you're using all the information. You're using part of it to sell your narrative. And I am going to agree with Janae because she, we spoke about this earlier. I do think that he's doing this every week to keep hyping it up as if they're doing great, when in reality, they're pretty stagnant, very similar to NXT. <clears throat> I, I don't think that the demographics are as great as he's making it out to be. I don't think that people are just clamoring for more AEW. Oh, my God. <laughs> I have to watch it. Like it's no different from watching NXT, quite honestly. When I watch AEW, I feel like I'm watching an episode of Monday Night Raw just an hour has been shaved off of it. But mm-hmm. it's it's very very indie style. It's there's there's no real set structure to AEW, which kind of irks me, but you get used to it. The more you watch it, you tend to get used to it. I just need for Chris Jericho to stop, like, sucking AEW's dick so much and just really worry about building a strong brand. Because if your goal is to only have a great week this week and then we need to focus on having a great week next week, you will lose the magic of what makes AEW great. So your whole regime is based off of this small, minute piece of of wrestling, and you've got a lot of indie wrestlers who depend on you, you're going to have a hard time when things go back to normal, and the shit that was supposed to happen a year ago starts to happen. You are going to be left on the outside looking in. And I really hope that AEW doesn't end up losing their entire audience to a whole other company who will do exactly what they did, because just how you get them is the same way you lose them. When you swoop in and just be like, we're the savior of wrestling, and then you're not doing anything but hiring ex-WWE superstars and making them your champions, or your executives your champions.
1: Yeah. And the thing with the demographic, we're going to do a little quick math here.
0: Cool, because I hate math, so I'm just going to no. look you know.
1: So the thing is, if you notice, AEW will either talk about um, NXT demographic, specifically, I believe it's the 18 to 49 or something like that. And they'll compare it to Raw's demographic. Okay. Um, AEW is either NXT or Raw. And I remember that they talked about Raw's demographic. They were basically right up there with Raw's demographic. I want people to realize, so when you look at the demographics, and let's say we take 18 to 49 as their demographic, and let's say you have 800,000 people, the demographic goes at like a point something. So 0. 0.6 of that 800,000, basically we're watching um, AEW, 0.6 or 0. 0.7. Now when you compare something like that to Raw, who has, on average 1.6 million, and let's say they get a 0. .4 or five, overall viewership, though, for that demographic, Raw still has the higher viewership in that demographic, because they have more viewers they have more viewers watching, even though their demographic is lower because of how it's counted. The overall viewership of 1.6 million to me 0.4 of 1.6 million is a lot more than 0.5 or 0.6 of 800,000 so yes so yes AEW when you look at those numbers yes they are beating raw in the demographic that is very much true when you look at those numbers but when you do a little bit of multiplying and all the other stuff. AEW uh, uh raw still has more of the viewership because they still doubled AEW by viewership. Now AEW has been hovering around the 800,000 last week they were around like 700,000. Um so they can't really compare raw if you look at if you do the math. Now NXT that's different. NXT has been getting beat by AEW lately for about 100, over like 100,000. So yes, their demographic for that 18 of 49 is low, but they're beating AEW in demographic when it comes to over 50. Here's my thing, and y'all can say I'm bullshitting, I just don't see 50 plus year olds watching NXT. I just don't. I think they do. I mean, I think they do, but when you look at the demographic, it's like they're 50.
0: Thank you so much for sticking it out with us at Down for the Count. So we're just taking a little commercial break. to so let you guys know that we are on two social media platforms, Instagram and Twitter. You can hit us up there with any news that you want us to discuss, any topic that you want us to discuss. We got you. Just send it to us. We are all for the people. Well, sometimes sometimes <laughs> anyway so make sure you guys stick with us at down for the count
1: and we're going to continue on with our show plus viewer it's like a 0.7.8 i'm just like god damn that's a lot of old people watching NXT. And i'm just like holy shit um but yeah so with, with, with jericho sits there and he's like rambling on about the demo god and we beat NXT in viewership and viewership and demos and we beat Raw you notice guys he doesn't say anything about Smackdown?
0: Never does
1: you notice that? you Never notice how...
0: Smackdown we our ass every
1: and week the, and the funny thing about it too is like AEW stars or whatever they'll bring up or Brian Alvarez they'll bring up oh AEW beat Raw in the demo AEW basically has the same demo as Raw but you don't see any like SmackDown stars go okay well we beat you in demo and in viewership we have usually about a 0. 0.7 demo rating and we get 2.1 to 2.2 2 million viewers averagely during COVID you guys are at around 800,000 you just notice they never bring up Raw I mean SmackDown they always bring up NXT or Raw and they go like, oh, we're beating. And they always go, oh, they're beating WWE. Last time I checked, SmackDown was a part of WWE. So why aren't they included in the conference? Oh, because they're, they're not. And if you look at Raw, they're technically not beating Raw either. In order for them to actually beat Raw, they need to double their viewership and average out at least 1.6 million views every single episode. Once they can do that and they and they can keep the same demo, then we can say yes, they're they're beating Raw. Creativity wise, oh boy, Raw needs some help. They sure do. But when I hear Jericho go on these demo rants, like he even went on a rant when uh someone someone because the thing is Jericho he vanity searches himself on Twitter. Mm-hmm. There that was sounds someone about right. There was someone who brought up the fact that the match between EO and Sasha, their match brought in 900,000 oh views. 900,000 views. They went up against Jericho and I forgot who he was wrestling. And they beat them by like 200,000 views.
0: As they should.
1: And someone posted it. I forgot what it was a long time ago. Someone posted it. Jericho, vanity searching himself, saw that comment and basically said, but we still beat them in the demo. So who really won? did.
0: Um, and,
1: <laughs> and I'm just sitting here like, y'all can't even, y'all, y'all just, like, it's, for me, when I hear AEW, stay, and this sucks because I want to enjoy AEW, I like AEW. I think they have, like, such an amazing roster. But their fans, some of their, like, really diehard fans are at this point where it's, like, they are willing to take anything AEW gives them mm-hmm. it's just as long as they can say they're better than that de- like Chris Jericho made a comment about Kyle O'Reilly and Finn Balor's match and basically it was like yeah if they want to go in there and kill each other and he hashtagged it smart wrestling basically saying yeah, that I they
0: heard, I saw that and I, I'm just like you know what
1: and everyone in, the, everyone in the comments was like well he's right he's right and I'm just like So was it smart wrestling when Matt Hardy slammed the back of his head on the cement? Mm. Was that smart? I Mm. said, and then someone was like, yeah, it's not smart because Kyle O'Reilly and Finn Balor, they're not on TV anymore. And I was like, they're not on TV anymore wrestling. And I'm just like, when's the last time Matt Hardy had a wrestling match after smashing his head on the concrete? Mm. He ain't on TV either. I said, was it smart wrestling that every time Cody's in the ring to make it more realistic, he blades his forehead? Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. I was like, is that smart wrestling or thumbtacks in the back or barbed wire? So we're talking about smart wrestling, but yet let's be real. You guys do the most craziest maneuvers that could seriously injure someone. Like you had someone on your shoulders, someone get on the top rope, and then do a Canadian destroyer on top of a bunch of guys standing on the outside of the ring. Mm -hmm. But we're going to complain about an accidental knee to the jaw. Or that time when, I forgot his name, I think, uh, I forgot his name, but he went to do a flip and everyone was standing there and somehow nobody caught him and Man. he literally landed tailbone on the ground. Like you Standing that. there looking at him and nobody caught him. Nobody did nothing, they just stood there. And here's the thing, accidents happen. All these things, these are accidents that happen people get injured in wrestling it's not like ben baller was literally trying to kick the liver out of kyle o'reilly's ass or kyle o'reilly was like i'm gonna crack your jaw in two places because that's what i want to do right yeah accidents happen so for you to sit there and be like they're not wrestling smart they're just trying to be stiff but hey it's it's okay over here when you know sam and Guer- threw a chair at matt hardy and busted him open Cause I was smart. Cause he did that on a whim. He grabbed the wrong chair to my knowledge, cause he was like freaking out or something. So yeah, that's he what I'm. The
0: wrong chair, cause Matt Hardy was mad that um he got hit in the head. And it's just like you, you know, it, it's it's interesting to me that you you want to chest. I'm not saying WWE perfect.
1: Oh, they're perfect.
0: We, far- we we give WWE hell too. They can't. They, they're not putting on quality all the time and you're getting it in pieces and in parts. For the most part, if you want something decent from WWE, you watch SmackDown. You yep. don't expect that from Raw. You'll get that. Drew McIntyre segments are pretty clean. Oscar stuff is pretty clean, but even that sometimes is jumbled and messed up. It's like you don't really get the opportunity to watch something consistently on WWE's behalf, not to mention how they treat their superstars, the way their business is structured. It's a very, you scratch my back 70 times, I'll scratch it five times type of business. So unless you've made yourself to the point where you get at the pinnacle of your career, like a Roman, like a Seth, like Becky, like Charlotte, like Sasha and Bayley, or if you're at the top like Brock Lesnar was, you are not going to be treated with any type of fairness or respect. You're going to have to demand it and make sure that they see you. That, is, that shouldn't even be the case in any business. Because you want to inspire morale to keep people around, not throw them away like they don't mean anything. So WWE isn't the greatest place in the world, but you have to call a spade a spade. And y'all are trying to turn a club into a spade, and that ain't how this shit works.
1: Okay? You can't, just,
0: <laughs> you can't just color in the sides, bitch. It's not a spade. It's a club. So, if you're going to talk about WWE with all this animosity and disrespect, which I'm fine with, you know, take, take them down, because they need to be taken down a few notches. But, bitch, WWE is there If you're going to come at at WWE like that, then you need to have the same eyes when you look at AEW. There are glaring problems over there. And when you start bringing up reckless wrestling, AEW has been known to have more botches on their TV shows and pay-per-views than WWE has. Yep. And that is because, number one, you don't know how to produce wrestling for television, because you don't know how to structure your cameras so that if something goes wrong with a move, bitch, cut to camera four. Stop staying at camera three. <laughs> What's wrong with
1: you? And it's if you really hard. want to talk about smart wrestling, and I'm probably going to get flack about this. I already know it, so you might get some DMs, Tiff. <laughs> but if you want to talk about smart wrestling, do you all really think it's smart that AEW is allowing the wrestlers to wrestle in other companies there where they could potentially injure themselves or possibly, I don't know, get COVID? Now, if we think about it, now let's let's think about it. On the outside, yeah, it looks great. They're allowing their wrestlers to work different promotions to supplement income that comes in. You're allowing other indie promotions to be able to book these stars so other fans can see these people like that they wouldn't normally see on TV. You're also allowing indie wrestlers to come in and wrestle in AEW, kind of like a tryout, and show what they can do, which is fine. But here's the thing. If let's say you are a prominent AEW wrestler who has a Mm -hmm. prominent storyline on TV and you're allowed to go work some of these indie venues, And at one of the venues, you crack your ankle. Your storyline's done in AEW. It's over, it's done with. Now, I don't know how their insurance works. I don't know if AEW covers them, if they're working other venues. I'm going to say no, that it doesn't. Even though Chris Jericho, to my knowledge, said that all the wrestlers would have medical benefits. But yet only Moxley, Jericho, Young Bucks, Omega, and Cody have medical benefits benefits and branding I believe they all have insurance within the company the rest of the wrestlers do so my knowledge to my knowledge I don't think AEW covers any medical problems they have if they're not wrestling under AEW I for one I get why they do it I applaud them but honestly if I'm running a wrestling company and we're actually wrestling right now No, you're not just going to be able to go out on a free whim and wrestle wherever you want to wrestle. Now, I may say you can do one event of like you give me a group of events you want to do and I might pick one for you and I might ask what kind of match is this? How long is the match going to go for? Is this like one of those crazy flippy flippy matches? One of those. But the fact of the matter is some of these AEW wrestlers are working multiple matches a week. Like they did, they just had the GCW event and Sonny Kiss, who I love, love him. He was there. There was a, an event where Lance Archer was there, Joey Janela, um, Jungle Boy. They're all working these individual matches, and it's just like I get it. You want to supplement your income, but I don't know if AEW is has a thing where it's like you injured yourself at GCW, we'll come, will cover your medical benefit, your, your medical costs. I don't know if they do that. I'm pretty sure they don't. So to me. That's not smart wrestling. If you are with the company and you're in a good position with the company, and you want to make extra money, where I believe their t-shirts, t-shirt sells all of their proceeds go to the wrestler because they're on PWTS or whatever it's called. Mm. To me, that's that's not smart. You're basically making it an easier target for you to get injured. Like I. <laughs> To me, that's, it's just not, now WWE was like, we're going to allow our wrestlers to go out and wrestle other places, but places that we choose to, and they agree to go to where it's like, we want you to wrestle this indie event and we will cover whatever medical expenses that happens because you'll be wrestling under your WWE name that we trademark and we own. So we're responsible for you. And that's fine. But WWE ain't going to be like, hey, Sasha, do you want to go see how strong your neck is over in Japan? They are not going to do that. And what well things- and, and,
0: and, and and to play devil's advocate, you know, in in the words of Nicole. Okay. In WWE's case, they selfish. <laughs> Simple oh, yeah. explanation. Because if I, I can understand a superstar that's not being used, wanting to go somewhere else for a little while, just so that they can have some money flowing in and not just only being used in terms of um like, live house shows and whatnot.
1: See, that's fine. I'm talking about the ones that you see yeah. on TV.
0: Yeah, like, if Sonny Kiss is in a program, and in Kiss's case, I I think that he's only going to be used when it's necessary for them, and that's un- unfortunate because they went they went this route with the way they've been booking their superstars at AEW. And it's, it's, I can't say that I'm mad about it because I'm really not. I told y'all that they were going to do this. And people got on my neck. Oh, you just being a hater. You just hating on AEW. No, yeah, I, I, know, I, I know did. the track record. We've seen this happen three times before. We've seen it. And who was the constant in every one of those equations? It was always WWE, always. And the reason why they did not change or deviate from their plan is because they knew eventually things would calm down and they would go back to old faithful. Well, who's old faithful? WWE is your old faithful. It happened in TNA. It happened with WCW. And that was happening again, with AEW, you are overloading your roster with WWE superstars. You have got to stop doing that. I don't know how many times we have to say, and Chris Jericho is only happy with results that are happening, that are good for him now, not the results that will happen down the line. Best way I can explain it is you want you want to get to a point where you have to try to decide which on your roster is the best place for you to go, not make an informed decision like, ooh, I have to push him. I gotta push him because I don't have enough greatness on my roster. You see what I mean? Because you're Mm -hmm. now at a point where you've got guys who were mediocre in WWE trying to be top billing stars in your company, and let's just be real, Luke Harper was not the guy. Nope. And I guess you learned your lesson when you put the, the title back on Cody. It was either that or you just felt like there was no other route for you to go. But you could have went a lot of different ways. And that's my whole thing
1: with that title. Like, if Cody just dropped it to Brody Lee to take it back a month later, you could have gave it to a Darby Allen, to a Scorpio Sky, to an yeah. Orange Cassidy. You had a full roster of singles people or people that were in a tag team. You could have mm-hmm. dropped the belt to them, have them continue to do open challenges, and then you come back and take the belt back from them. That's Instead, my main issue. you
0: tried to push this Dark Order shit and it didn't work. And I want to say, and one thing I do want to say, and then we can just keep going back to Jericho. I don't like the correlation of people saying that retribution was a ripoff of the Dark Order. The Dark Order, yes, they would attack people, but they, in, in Dark Order's defense, they had a strategy. They had a goal in mind. It was to recruit those who they knew could lead them to where they wanted to be. Yep. We all knew the Dark Order was going after Christopher. Um, Dar- I can't think of his name. He was going after the um, the dudes in SCU. Everybody thought it was him. Christopher Daniels. They thought it was him at, that he was the leader. And it turns out he wasn't. And. They kept going, and now they got they got brandy, you know, involved with their female member. I don't know if her name is Allie or what it is. Allie count? I don't I don't remember. But y'all got a whole different thing going on with the Dark Order. You you are selling the Dark Order by comparing them to Retribution, babe. Like you
1: you gotta give the Dark Order more credit than that. And the you thing know. about too, so is, I've seen so many AEW people trying to compare. Well, AEW did this. And now look at WWE. AEW had crowds. Now look at WWE having crowds. I'm just like
0: WWE tried having crowds.
1: WWE really had crowds. In the
0: pandemic, too. and they ended up catching COVID, so they cut that out.
1: That's and the now thing. They I'm just, tried it again. It has nothing yeah. to do with AEW. Yeah, that's, that's what I was. And I remember uh, someone had said something. This is like a long time ago. And I remember I was on Reddit. I was on Squared Circle Reddit, and I was just like, if you really, really do your research. AEW had crowds first. I'm not AEW. I said WWE had crowds first. The first time they had crowds, it was with family, friends, and family members. And everyone raged over the fact during COVID that they had people in the stand. So then they switched it over to PC Recruit. WWE was the one who had the crowds first. So when I see people-
0: I will say that AEW- use their superstars in their crowds first. I will say that because they started doing that at the height of the pandemic. They was like, okay, well, we yeah. can't have a crowd, so let's just use our superstars in here,
1: and they did do that, so I, I give them credit. And credit I for them. But, when, but they're comparing like actually having non-wrestling people. They're saying that AEW had non-wrestling people in attendance and that wwe copied them and i was like no when it comes to non-wrestling people wwe tried the family friends, the family and the friends thing and they got destroyed and the whole covid thing and they're just like well can't do it yeah you can't do that or it's just like they'll they'll talk about certain things and it's just like uh either you're new but wwe was doing this in, like, the middle 2000s or early in the years, or they did that a couple of years ago, nothing that you're doing isn't something that WWE hasn't, hadn't already done before. I agree. And I'm just like, so when you guys are saying, this is awesome, this, this is AEW, they're on their feet, they're thinkers, they're coming up with new ways to innovate wrestling, and it's just like, no. No, I mean, they're not.
0: They just do the old tactics
1: yeah. for people to watch. I was like WWE been doing that. Cody cutting his head open to bleed. WWE was doing that. A lot of other things were doing.
0: Stop because the bleeding look—it's a rarity that people bleed on on WWE, and that's because they realize that that shit is not—it's not healthy for the wrestlers, and they're trying to create a better environment for their superstars. I'll give WWE credit—they are trying to create better environments for the superstars and inspire longevity for them so that mm-hmm. they can wrestle longer, albeit it's a selfish reason why, but at least they're trying, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, I AEW's relying on old tactics to do, to make themselves stand out, which I don't have a problem with until you start the whole, like, where that's all you know how to do. It's just sit up and bleed all day. And it's just like, <laughs> I know y'all want to do innovative stuff, and some of the old stuff, I, I want to see. Like, I want to see casket matches and shit like that, because that shit used to tear me up. Like, you be mm-hmm. laying in bed, you watching the fucking casket match, go back on WWE Network and watch some of them casket matches or them buried live matches. You know, those was unique ways to get people off TV without them having to, like, feign an injury
1: or something. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I used to thing, love
0: that shit.
1: Like, the I'm thing like, about okay. it, here's WWE's WWE, WWE, started to You have your ambulance mask. They're bringing back Halloween Havoc. They brought back the Bash. And it's just like, here's my thing. If WWE really, really cared and wanted to blow AEW out the water, they could do that. They have the money and the resources to do that. And my thing, when it comes to Jericho, he knows that. But for some reason, he just doesn't know when to keep his mouth shut, when to read the room and when just to be like, AEW as a company, we are settled. We have our fans. We have the way we do things. Let's start focusing on our product. Him and maybe, like, one other wrestler I can remember, but they focus on WWE way too much. They, AEW, especially Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega and Brandy, have this thing where they will argue with a fan on Twitter. And it's just like, y'all should not be doing that. Oh
0: well, Steph used to do it, too. And I guess he kind of got it to the point where he's like, all right, this, this is the exactly. point of this thing.
1: It's like Exactly. It's like Why argue with some rando on Twitter that you'll never meet, you've never seen before, who probably is a shitty person anyway? Don't waste your time. People are going to complain about things that they don't like. They're going to say things about things they do like. But it's like AEW does it because they're, they get butt hurt when they get told the truth. Like when someone told Kenny Omega on Twitter that their women's division was abysmal, he took offense to that and was like, I think our women's division is great. And we were just like, N- no, no, it's not. I,
0: okay, so let's, okay, your women's division is great, but you don't show it. So how the fuck am I supposed to know if it's good or not? The only time we see the women is when you're giving us a three-minute match. Penelope is literally Kip Sabian's um, little hangar all, she don't do shit. She don't, she don't go nowhere. <laughs> she barely talked. I thought she was a
1: mute for a long time. because Exactly. Playing. It was a three-minute a three minute women's match on Dynamite, and then you pan to the crowd, and there's your women's champion sitting in the audience clapping and having a grand old time. Because she ain't got to wrestle. Shit, I be clapping too. <laughs> That's what we say so Right. So yeah, when it comes to like Jericho, I'm just like everyone else is just like, oh, he's trolling, he's the troll god, the demo god. You guys are taking the bait. <laughs> demo
0: god.
1: And I'm just, I'm just sitting here like, there comes a, it gets old. Like to me, it just seems like you're still bitter about whatever happened in WWE when you're constantly bringing up WWE because if WWE wanted to be petty and they constantly brought up AEW. AEW fans would be pissed. Yep. Yeah. They would be mad I'm saying, like, focus on your product and your declining viewers, or focus on this and focus on that. But when AE, again, AEW good, because the COVID God said so. WWE. Oh, that's,
0: that's a COVID God today.
1: <laughs> it's like I, I like AEW, but what turns me off from AEW is Chris Jericho the lack of a women's division that they use when they have a bunch of women there, and those hardcore AEW stands who for some reason see AEW as the the almighty wrestling company and will forego and overlook any wrong that AEW does does because it's the best company in the world. It's cool because
0: everybody has their day. And all I know is, if at the rate they're going, I will hope that I don't outlive AEW. That's all I can say. Because I want AEW to stick around for the sake of the superstars who are there. I want them to have an opportunity to be able to shine and to really showcase people what they can do. But I'm only one person. And if you see nothing wrong with how you operate and the things you do, And all I can do is hope that y'all will get better and improve, you know, and with the amount of people y'all have back there, the guys y'all have back there from ex-WWE stars to indie guys and bookers and that kind of stuff. I will hope that eventually y'all will come together and y'all will make things happen so that your company has a solid footing because really the competing against WWE is an afterthought. You really are trying to establish yourself. And you've already done that by being able to land a TV slot. Now it's time to create your atmosphere. You know what I mean? Create your niche of wrestling. If you want to stick to being teetering the line of indie style wrestling to doing full-on production style wrestling, I'm all for that. But there's a way to do it. And I think that when you are – using your your stepping stone is to build off of WWE, the animosity people have for WWE, it does not bode well for you in the end because then the question is, well, when you don't have, when you're not, WWE's not re- reacting to you the way they, they a normal person would. Like, if she was a bitch on social media, you know, listening to another whole talk about her, then they'd just mm-hmm. burn back and forth. You know what I'm saying? They'd be a going at it going on lives and shit, talking about each other and shit. But that's not what's happening. If they paying your ass dust. At least that's what it is in front of our eyes. Now, what they doing behind the scenes, that's a different story. But as of right now, we're not getting nothing out of y'all. But, okay, let's move on to our next week. Next week, we got this. We got They're not responding to you. So why keep going through it? Why keep digging it? And from what I hear, Chris Jericho writes some of the promos, and it's just like, if you are concerned, if your only concern is to make sure WWE knows that what they've lost and what they could have had had they used you properly, then you should be worrying about creating a new storyline in this company and fixating on building up a new character that embodies what you want to be. Not what yep. you used to be or what they tried to make you out to be. Now, I will say, FTR TR has made some digs at WWE, but for the most part, they've been, and they, they're basically the revival in AEW. Yep. With Tully Blanchard, which I still, I'm, I'm confused as to why Tully is there with them. They don't really need Tully for that, but whatevs, you know? It's just like, what are you doing? You know, like, why are you, if they could do it and, and make themselves out to be great, then why are you so concerned about what's going on with WWE? Like, focus on what's going on with you.
1: Like, show me that WWE messed up by letting you go. Like, physically show me in the ring. I don't want to hear about it in every single promo you cut. I don't want to hear about it on your Twitch stream. I don't want to hear about it in interviews. If you want to show WWE that they made a mistake by letting you go, then show me in the ring. And work for it. Work hard for it. Because I'm tell- one of my other issues is the next wwe person comes in AEW them motherfuckers get a rocket on their back and they're all you see on dynamite yep when it comes to like main storylines like we still get our indie wrestling in from certain indie people and they get like good quality matches but when it comes to like titles and belts and like good major stuff moxley chris jericho Brody lee cody rhodes now that Miro's here, now we see Kip Sabian, Penelope Ford, Matt Hardy, like, they came in and they're immediately, like, all the people that you used to see on Dynamite got pushed to dark, and then you see your ex-WWE wrestlers there, and then they will might go up against someone that's the indie wrestler that wasn't from WWE, but they're not winning. So it's just like... Cool. Like I was happy Orange Cassidy beat um, Chris Jericho, and then I mean, Orange he Cassidy. Should have. Yeah, why, why, and, and Orange Cassidy is gonna. I think he's gonna face Cody Rhodes for the TNT title, which I hope he drops it to Orange Cassidy. Um, well, that but, was
0: pointless for him to get the bitch back. Shit, should have just had Brody Lee drop it
1: to Nevermind. Yeah. Like I want to yeah. see the people that help build AEW from the jump. If I wanted to see WWE, I'd watch WWE. Like, I don't want to go to AEW and see Chris Jericho and Hager on my screen. And then I have to see, you know, Cody Rhodes and Brody Lee. And it's only a two-hour show.
0: Well, I will say this. They are the anchors of AEW. So you're going to see... Hager in the inner circle, you're gonna see roads, especially. You're gonna see them, they're not going anywhere. Yeah,
1: what I want is the answers, use,
0: you need to use them effectively. And I'm like, I I don't I don't know no other way to explain it because we'll be here all night. Yeah. <laughs> the, thing, the thing is you just need to use them effectively. If you have a guy like Chris Jericho there, then having that spot with Cassidy for a while was smart because it helped it, it helped ignite Cassidy into the stratosphere. He was already there. And then going up against Jericho and beating him just gave him an extra leg up. You know what I'm saying? So that part I get totally. But you got guys like Ricky Starks and MJF, and they're doing in AEW what we're asking for in WWE, which is you're having feuds, outside of titles that are exciting. Ricky Starks and Darby Allin's feud is dope. And I don't have no issues with that. Only problem I got with it is Taz is around. I just feel like there's no, he's unnecessary. Ricky Starks is, doesn't need a mouthpiece. He clearly knows how to speak for himself. He don't need a manager. He don't need all that. he He is charismatic enough to carry himself through, he don't need it. So it's just odd to me that Taz is even there behind him and like like this coach. Like Brian Cage, I can understand. And I and I just anything else, I just don't get. But I guess we'll figure it out when we figure it out. Is there anything else we need to talk about? No. Well, we gave y'all almost four hours, so it <laughs> <We're> pretty good. <laughs> so. Could you
1: imagine me and you did four, but if we had Nicole and uh, Alexis, that oh, would be like eight hours in.
0: <laughs> Alexis was pretty upset. I will make sure people know. She was upset about Heavy Machinery being um, split apart like that, and that upset me, too. Um, I totally understand her gripe and she's angry. So hopefully when she comes back, she'll be able to voice her frustrations. Plus, yeah. Monday is the draft, so we have to figure that out. And we got a whole thing, got a whole new regime happening on both shows. After that, Hell in a Cell happens that week after and then we're moving into Survivor Series.
1: All I'm saying is if they draft Bailey over to Raw, I'm going to be a little bit upset. I mean, we know Sasha's winning, but I'm going to be like, y'all just gave it away. Yeah.
0: Like, don't draft Baby to Raw. Let her be traded after Hell in a Cell.
1: Yeah. Like, don't draft her to Raw because then you'd be like, well, we know she's going to win, but well, damn. Yeah. So they've done like... they it before. They've done stuff where they've given stuff away before. Like, when they gave away, who was gonna, they gave away who, what brand was going to win Money in the Bank.
0: Yeah, that was that
1: wasn't good. Like, we knew Sasha wasn't going to beat Becky because they traded her to SmackDown before Hell in the Cell actually started. We were like, well, we know she ain't winning, so whatever. Oh. I hope they don't do it again. But, yeah, no.
0: Uh, wrestling makes you tired. And then we go back and watch it again. Hoping (laughs) things will change, and then we still be exhausted. (laughs) Just glutton for punishment. But that's all we got. Yep, and we ain't got no more. As I said in the podcast, that's all we got. We ain't got no more. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast this week. Don't forget to follow us on social media. Our Twitter, as always, is the same. Hasn't changed. At down for the count 19 on Twitter at D4TC underscore podcast on Instagram. You can always send us a message if you have a specific topic you want us to cover or if you have some info you want us to talk about you got some tea send it to us we will most definitely research it and have our take on the matter and of course if you can't contact us there anchor provides messaging for you so you can send us a message on anchor if you want to talk to us on anchor all right now Make sure if you want to listen to our podcast, for sure, for sure, we are available, of course, if you're listening on Spotify. We're on Spotify. We're on Anchor. We're on Google Podcasts. And if you want to listen to us on Apple Music, there is an RSS code URL that is in the description box. Just use that and import that into your Apple Music, and then you'll be able to listen to us there, and it will update regularly there, too. All right? Until we figure out how to get Apple Music... You know, get our podcast on the Apple platform. I'm gonna figure it out. I'm gonna figure it out. Until that time, enjoy us where you can. Alright?
1: We'll see you guys next time.